All wealth is built upon your ability to help other people. When you place money with us as an investment, if we don't help you, and if I don't expand the number of people that I'm helping, then that has a very direct impact on what I'm going to earn. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Surgeon Syndicate. This is your host, Mike McManus. We are here today with Alan Underwood for the second half of our discussion. Alan is a pilot and a syndicator and has a broad business experience. If you didn't listen to the first half of this show, please go back and listen to it, especially the part about Angel Flight West and the services they provide where pilots are donating their time and their planes to fly patients to get medical care that's too far away to really make it practical to drive. So welcome back to the show, Alan. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Mike. All right. So now I want to dig into some of the real estate things you have going on. Um, I think when I first talked to you, it was the first time I'd heard about Let's see if I get this right. I believe in California, they call them ADUs or accessory dwelling units. Is that correct? Yeah, you've got it right. ADUs are accessory dwelling units. Or most people might recognize it more as a mother-in-law suite or a granny flat. It's the same concept. And so where you are in Southern California, I mean, unlike where we are in the Midwest, there's there's not a lot of spots where it's so landlocked and it's not so hard to develop new places there's room to grow but you're pinched between the mountains on one side and the ocean on the other and it's already a highly populated busy space and there's a need for affordable housing and so explain more what the accessory dwelling unit is and how this is becoming a marketable or even developable thing that's part of a fund for you guys yeah, if I can start at the top of that funnel and then bring that down, I believe that ADUs are the future of housing in America. You can look and see there's been over a hundred pro ADU legislative bills introduced all across the country, Maine, Montana, obviously California, Arizona. Most municipalities are starting to recognize that there's going to be a valuable place for ADU construction. And the reason for that is demographically, we have a baby boomer generation that's beginning to age and retire. And it makes a lot of sense for them to be in a place where they can be close to family without the need to care for a large home or the landscaping and where that families can share the cost of housing, especially with the interest rates today and the cost of housing. And then the other way as well. Gen Z lives differently than the baby boomers did. And I know I have several adult children that are recently married or in that process to where if we had in my home an ADU, that would be a much more affordable living option. So for families, multi-generationally, it makes a lot of sense. In California, especially, you mentioned the population that's there and just the nature of the fact that they're landlocked. If we drill down further, the reason why we've chosen San Diego for where we are developing ADUs 
is you take that landlocked problem with California, but then it's compounded because you're also limited to the south because you've got the border with Mexico. You're not going any further that direction. And then to the north, you have the military bases, including Camp Pendleton. So San Diego really is completely landlocked and there aren't large tracts of land to develop. So you can't just decide I'm going to build a new housing development or whatever. So taking the land that you have and building onto that is not only an option, but it's the best option right now. And San Diego has recognized that. So in the rest of California right now, you can take any single family home and convert it into a threeplex. In San Diego, depending on where you are geographically in the city, the number of additional units that you can add to a property is unlimited. We have a property right now that we're developing within about three blocks of SDU, where we're taking a single family home and turning it into a nineplex apartment complex. That's pretty cool. And I think we saw this more around colleges. It's interesting that that's where you talk about doing it near San Diego University, because when I was in college at the University of Colorado, it was something I saw in Boulder. I didn't see anywhere else where the house out front was still there, but right. then it was either a full apartment building that went back to the alley, or maybe it was a second house or somewhere in between. Is this more college housing or are you kind of seeing it everywhere? In San Diego, it's everywhere. So our focus area is not around the university. The area that we're focusing in, actually right now, it's our focus area is because of the lot size that's there. It was an area that was developed in the 50s and 60s. So you have ranch style homes on larger lots, which allows a sufficient room to build additional units, but still allow everyone on the property to feel like they're in a home, not in an apartment complex. So for us, my partner is a native of San Diego and it's important to us that we maintain the integrity of the neighborhoods also. We don't wanna go into a single family neighborhood and throw up a 20 unit apartment complex, even if that's what code allows for. What we'd like to do is make additions to the neighborhood that makes sense for the neighborhood and for our investors, that makes it not only a great investment, but also um, maintains the integrity of San Diego. I guess I see what you're saying there. So. Instead of, because probably you could get more units in if you went in and bulldozed the house and just built an apartment building. Sure. But this way, for the people who live in the neighborhood and drive through the neighborhood, it keeps a similar feel, but it allows it to have more people live there. Absolutely. And the other consideration there is parking. You're also dealing with the infrastructure of the city. So most of these neighborhoods weren't designed for apartment complexes with the size of the sewer lines and water lines, the power service that comes in there. So we don't want to do a disservice to the neighborhood by building beyond what the infrastructure can provide for. What we really want to do is provide affordable housing for people that live in San Diego and a great investment opportunity for people that are investing with us. I think what's cool is you're also providing an example for other cities because I have family who live in Salt Lake and they've been having this discussion and around the university and everybody goes, they get this like, yeah, it's a great idea. We should do that. And they're like, okay, we're going to prove it for this neighborhood. And that neighborhood goes, 
oh no, it's not great for this neighborhood. <laughs> That's great for that neighborhood over there. Those guys should have it. Yeah. But we want our neighborhood to stay the same. If there's an example out there of neighborhoods keeping their feel, keeping their integrity, I think that'll help other cities go, oh, look, we can do this. We've got a proof of concept. Yeah. And what makes San Diego great also is because of the constricted land area, there's a very large gap between the cost of development and construction and what that value of that property will be when it's completed. And that really is our entire investment strategy, Mike, is I can build for $250 to $300 a square foot. And that square footage is then worth around $1,000 a square foot when we go to sell. So you don't have to be a mathematician to understand that if you can build something for $300,000 and sell it for a million dollars, there's going to be a great investment opportunity there. And that's what we're doing for our investors is it's real estate backed. So it's very secure. There's such a large upside that in our model, we can actually reduce our exit sales price by 27% without incurring any losses to investors. It's legislatively supported. The city of San Diego wants it, so they're actively driving it. It's tax advantaged. We can dive into that as deep as we want to go. That's a deep rabbit hole that maybe we never get out of if you go down all the tax benefits. And we call ourselves momentum capital for a reason, is we want to help people build more momentum towards financial success. And momentum really involves some rapid acceleration. So a lot of syndications that people will invest in in real estate are five to seven year turnaround, sometimes as many as 10 years. We're planning 18 to 20 months for our A1 class investors with returns in the 42 to 45% range before the tax savings that they can gain. So really coupled that on there, they can be 50, 60% returns in 18 to 20 months. I love the tax rabbit hole. So I feel myself being pulled there. <laughs> Additional tax benefits to your standard that you see with depreciation and even some accelerated depreciation, but cost segregation, all those things we see with most real estate investments. With the SDU, are there some added tax advantages? Yeah, the added advantages is you get to do that twice on every property. So we do a cost segregation two times when we acquire the property. Um, we're going to do a cost segregation there, remodel it. And then when we build the ADU, now you have another asset that you can depreciate. And we also have the exact cost of what we spent on everything. So you do a second cost segregation on the property. So every property is going to get hit twice for depreciation, which is unusual. You know, you couldn't do that on buying a single family home or a duplex or a fourplex because that's a single property with those assets in place. But now when you add the construction component, now you get to do it twice. Okay. And now, so for people who are investing, when you're talking about an 18 month turn on these, and so they're doing great. And so to avoid the recapture of depreciation from a tax standpoint, can their money just stay in the fund? Is it in, in a particular property or is it in the fund? It can just roll through with the fund so there's less accounting for the investor. Yeah. So you don't ever completely avoid the recapture. 
I think a few questions there, Michael. Yes, it's a fund. So you're investing in multiple properties. We felt like that was the most secure way to do it rather than doing like joint ventures, because then you're placing all your bets on one property. This first fund that we'll do will be eight separate properties. So we can have one that is marginal returns and you can have one that's home runs and that stuff will equal itself out to the returns that we're projecting. There is a permanent tax savings even with that recapture. And a lot of that comes because it's still going to take us 12 to 20 months to develop. So the first year of the investment is going to be all tax savings, probably the second year as well, depending on when that timing happens. And so you've got a couple of years where you get to benefit from those tax savings. And then when we sell the property and return funds to you, if you're going to reinvest those, well, we're doing cost segregations again. So you're going to wipe out any of those recapture penalty, if you will. So yeah, rolling those funds forward. We're also, for our future funds, we may provide an option for holding these properties. Another advantage of developing in California is that new construction is exempt from rent control for 15 years. So these make for really great investment properties because you can raise rents at market conditions, not based upon some arbitrary government 6 or 7% cap. Oh, that's nice. So you get the turnaround on your investments that keep going, you get the double depreciation. An investor knows that at least part of what they're paying in fees, which is your income, goes into an airplane to take patients to get their cancer treatment. <laughs> Luckily for them, the airplane I bought was before I started raising funds. So if it goes well <laughs> enough, I hope that they'll be so excited about the returns that they'll volunteer to pay for another airplane that can get me back and forth faster than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Point, Mike, you know, all wealth is built upon your ability to help other people. You know, as a doctor, you earn by the degree that you help other people. And I feel that's the same way when you place money with us in as an investment. If we don't help you, and if I don't expand the number of people that I'm helping, then that has a very direct impact on what I'm going to earn. And so we're really aligned with our investors. We have money invested in the fund. Uh, usually about 10% of the funds that we're raising come from our general partnership. And then our LPs or those invested with us are receiving 65 to 70% of the equity that comes from those turnaround properties. So we're not really a fee heavy syndication. We're playing for the equity. Okay. It's interesting what you said, because a lot of us grew up in a world where it was a zero-sum game, that if somebody was winning, we learned that, oh, well, somebody else must be losing. And this really doesn't work that way, because if you didn't do what you're doing, the world would keep going on, and there would be a neighborhood, and somebody who lived in a house, and that's okay. But through what you do, there's now a neighborhood that more people can live in. And because there's more places to live, it does help some with the cost of living in San Diego or in other cities that are doing the same thing. So there's a benefit to the people who are renting there. There's a benefit to the investors. So there's really kind of a benefit all the way around. And like you said, that it's often you're compensated by the amount of good you do 
or the number of people when you solve a problem if you're getting paid to solve a problem the more you solve or the bigger the problem typically that's where you make more money and so it's kind of a cool thing with real estate investing yeah absolutely I think that's the big difference between success by competition and success by collaboration. I could win one or two times on my own being competitive and not inviting anybody else to participate and trying to keep this idea, this investment idea all to myself. I'm going to win to a much higher degree and have a lot more fun doing it by collaboration. The favorite, one of my favorite parts about what I'm doing now is just the fact that I get to have conversations like this one with so many really interested people and it expands the network of opportunity that I have for friendship for happiness now if there's a particular specialty that I need we have a medical problem we've got some personal connections now with people that I can reach out to that can help me solve those and that's a superpower to have a network like that is an amazing advantage in life that's pretty cool. And you built that medical network by helping other people get their care. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered today that you wanted to share with our listeners about all the things you're doing or any other things we think we should educate them on? Well, I think education is important no matter how you get it. And for me, transitioning from restaurants to car dealerships into real estate it was a path of education there were things that i learned along the way that still help me today i would suggest anybody interested in real estate to any degree there are so many free wonderful resources out there there's local real estate meetups that can be a wealth of knowledge and connection there are on your show i'm sure there are lots of people that you're bringing on that are happy to provide free education yeah, we invite people all the time to come out to San Diego and just take a look and see and touch and feel what we're doing and get to know us as a team. That's the other thing is you have to find the right deal, but you also have to find the right operators to make that happen. And that's true in medicine as well. So, yeah, I'm a big proponent of education. And I would just say moving back maybe into what put me here. It's important for me, for people that are suffering, whether it's a medical condition, maybe it's a mental health condition. If you're in that condition, please reach out and get help. That was maybe one of the things that maybe prolonged my recovery the most was maybe feeling ashamed of where I was at and not being willing to reach out and get help. So whether it's a financial problem or a medical problem or a mental problem or an emotional problem or whatever it is, there are people out there in the world that have been through that situation whose only desire it is to help. I have on the vision board behind me that you can't see where having gone through that experience, what my desire is to help other people live a life motivated by hope, filled with happiness, blessed with prosperity, empowered by purpose. And that doesn't mean that there needs to be an exchange of money for that to happen. In fact, last year I donated a thousand hours of my time with no expectation of any kind of monetary remuneration. And the benefit to me was carrying a five-year-old boy onto the plane so that he could go to Phoenix Children's Hospital, flying Bradley to get to his care, helping veterans reunite with their families or active duty military personnel reunite with their families because I could provide a service. So that would be maybe the one thing we didn't cover, Mike, is I think 
the number one way to get everything that you want in life is to give it away first. If you want hope, if you want happiness, if you want prosperity, learn how to give it away to someone else and it will come to you. You know, it's awesome because I think for a lot of healthcare providers, you're working so hard and there's so much stress and you feel like all your payers are perpetually like pulling it away and you can get stuck in this rut where you feel like you're just trying to protect the success you worked so hard for. And sometimes by opening up and doing something new, you see these opportunities for more. And really, I started down this road to try and build some financial freedom, but I've met people like you because of that and opened all these doors of opportunity for helping other people. I've had people come to me now with some business opportunities that were completely like something I hadn't even considered. And, and just by being out there and talking to people and for people who are listening about the education, I know it's intimidating for a lot of people because I was there and I've talked to other docs who told me the same thing. We've been through years and years of school and we've been the expert and now you step into something new and you're not the expert anymore and, and you feel like the idiot and you don't want to tell people because they assume too much. So we started having a local meetup for commercial real estate here in Green Bay. We've done it for two weeks in a row. <laughs> so it's a long-term thing now. <laughs> but we had somebody we invited, you know, there's just kind of three of us who are the core right now. So it's a giant group, three people, two weeks, and we've had some other, but somebody who is going to come and they're like, you know, I'm brand new to this. I don't want to hold anything up. And it's like, that's the whole point is you show up and you ask questions. And the first time you show up and ask questions, or even if you just sit there and listen, you come away from it, you know, a little bit more than before. And it's just starting somewhere. So... Yeah. It's pretty cool. And you never know what comes out of it. Yeah. Three years ago, selling my car dealerships, I knew nothing about real estate or very little. I'd purchased some commercial properties. Those primary uses were for the core business that I was in at the time. Since that time, I'm in the process of developing a 91 unit apartment complex. I didn't know anything about that three years ago. I gained education along the way. I've flipped several million dollars worth of single family homes. I've started an investment fund. All of that education and all of that experience has come in the last three to five years. And so no matter where you're at, there's a very short path to changing your life in a very significant way, but you have to be willing to be the idiot in the room at the beginning. I now look for places where I'm the least educated person in the room because that means that I'm in the right room. I'm dealing with people that can help me get to where I want to go. That's so true. If you're the dumbest guy at the table, you're going to come away smarter than when you walked in. That's right. That's awesome. All right. Well, I will wrap up the show for today. Thank you so much, Alan, for being here. I'm going to put all your contact information in the show notes. We've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, your MTM Capital Group, which is mmtmgrp.com. If anybody watches any of the video, you'll see it right there on the screen. So you can pick it up there too. So thank you so much for being here, Alan. Mike, thank you. This has been enjoyable. I look forward to the next round with you. All right. And if anybody has any questions, you can reach out to me, reach out to Alan. And I hope this has added some value for you today. Please join us for our next episode on Surgeon Syndicate. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you found value in this episode, 
no other surgeons are hungry to become job optional, you can help them by sharing this content today. I also want to serve you better, so I want to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you can take a moment and leave an honest review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. Number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help. Schedule a call. We can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.